Welcome to the Soul Grit Podcast. I'm Ann Taylor McNeese, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I also love Jesus, and I'm passionate about all things gospel and therapy. I created Soul Grit to be at the intersection of mental health and Christian faith. Christ followers need a place to ask questions and get answers about mental health. Join me as we dive into real stories and real questions from people who want to honor God with their hearts, souls, and minds. Hi, welcome back to the Soul Grit Podcast. This is Anne, and today I have a an interview for you uh, with my friend Lindsay Horn Cole. Say hi, Lindsay. Hi. You guys might remember her from season one. I think she was maybe like the second episode I ever did. Yep. And uh, we talked about mental health in the church and why Jesus cares about your mental health. And last week, when Jess and I talked about busy families and needing to have rest and Sabbath, Lindsay messaged me and said, I need to talk about this too. And so <laughs> because we're good friends, I said, sure, you can come and talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> no problem. And it worked out well while Jess is on a break. So um, welcome back, Lindsay. And today we have a really important topic, which is Sabbath. We have been talking uh, over the past few weeks about the problem of busyness and how it impacts our souls, how it impacts our families, and what we can do to do better with our families to protect our kids' mental health, to protect our own sanity. <laughs> and a big part of that as believers who care about our mental health is going to be figuring out what that really means to have a Sabbath. So Lindsay, today I would invite you and I know you mm. don't have like a clear definition, but mm -hmm. I would invite you to share us, share with us. What is Sabbath? This one's, this one's hard for me because my husband's a pastor mm -hmm. and Sunday's a, a work day and it's a hard day and it's a real spiritual warfare in our family day. Like that's common for a lot mm -hmm. of people, but what I've come to understand is that Sabbath has to be a disciplined day, whether that's from sunup to sundown or it's from um, sundown one day to sundown the next day. It's a disciplined day to set aside. It's sanctified. It's made holy for the Lord. And it's a command. It's a command for followers of Jesus um, to make that day different, not just in our behavior, but in our hearts and in our awareness. And um, so maybe even that's kind of lofty talk, lofty speak, mm -hmm. but I think that it, 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 it can't, you know what, it can't be a day like every other day, but we just happen to go to church in mm -hmm. the morning or in the evening. Mm -hmm. um, it needs to be a day where we find that we I'll just, I'll launch into this part because it, to me, it has to do with what Sabbath is. Sabbath is in my recent understanding, it's in an, it's an invitation to experience heaven. Mm. You and I were talking just before this about how it's really a practice mm -hmm. for being in heaven in eternity with God. And so he's asking us to come be with him. That's the best part of heaven. That mm -hmm. is, there's gonna be great stuff in heaven. Maybe we're going to be feasting all day long. I will probably mm -hmm. be making art all day long. 
the best part of heaven is that we get to be with Jesus all day, every day in his presence. And he's asking us to set aside a day to practice that, mm-hmm. to put aside everything else that we do. He, he gives us total freedom, you know, to, to do and be whatever we want, to pursue our own interests, to, um, to flesh out our personality in the world to contribute to the kingdom here on earth and on Sabbath, it's our opportunity to practice being with God in an intimate and um, holy way. So it's really practice for heaven. And if that doesn't sound appealing, then what are we so excited about heaven for? Yeah. You know, um, I long to go to heaven. I'm so excited to fold up this body like a tent, like Paul says, mm-hmm. and and be on my way and get a new body and be with Jesus. Um, but and that so, but it doesn't excite me to do that on Sunday because mm-hmm. I'm feeling like I got all the boxes to check, right? And I have to finish all the things and all the stuff that I didn't get done during the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. I need to get done today on Sunday, or for me. I have to do my homeschool planning on Sunday night, or I have to plan for my class, my fitness class that I'm going to teach on Monday morning. And that's not a Sabbath. That's, that's not a Sabbath. So, um, so that's a good, good transition a little bit here. What is Sabbath not? Let's, let's go there. Mm. Like, let's define what Sabbath is not based on, you know, you and I both grew up in Christian families. And so we have 40 years of learning what Sabbath is in Christian culture, but mm-hmm. what is, what do we do? What do we think Sabbath is that it's not really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, okay. Let me answer that in a couple of different um, creative ways. When I was little, I grew up in the South and we went to a Baptist church mm-hmm. and we got to wear, um, you know, gloves, <laughs> little white gloves. This was the eighties. Right. And, um, on Easter, I had my little hat and my purse. And, and I asked my dad one day, why do we have to go to church? Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, no, baby, we get to go to church. We This is a get to. And he said it with the biggest smile on his face. And if, if I'm honest, oh, and we didn't watch TV, by the way. Mm-hmm. But my parents had it right. It wasn't what you don't do that day. It was why we're not doing it. So we didn't watch TV. We didn't play with friends. We dressed a little differently. And the whole point was so that we could remember that this day is different mm-hmm. from all the other days. Mm-hmm. So I suppose you could do all that stuff. You you know, I grew up in a place where all the stores were closed on Sundays. Mm-hmm. But if my heart doesn't change and I'm, and I'm going through the motions and I go to church, but I scream at my kids and I... And I, you know, don't go out to eat, but I sure as heck shop on Amazon. And, <laughs> you know, it it's a heart place where I am truly um, setting this side a day and it's and it's got to be for the right motivation. Mm-hmm. So it's not just going to church on Sunday morning and then having the rest of the day to myself. That's what it's not. Yeah. I can remember growing up learning the Ten Commandments and it says, remember the mm-hmm. Sabbath and keep it holy. And so as mm-hmm. a kid, when you learn, well, what does it mean to keep a day holy? I, f- I feel like what I remember was, well, that means you go to church. That's how you, mm-hmm. that's how you make it holy, mm-hmm. <laughs> like adding church in, you yeah. know? And so learning more about Sabbath as a day of rest, even though back in the, you know, first 
part of Genesis, it says, you know, God rested. So we see that as the template for it. But then when we get to the 10 commandments, we say, make it holy. And we focus on the the worship part, not the Mm -hmm. rest part, at least in in Mm -hmm. my upbringing, that seemed like what it was. Um, So now when I'm trying to disciple my kids around the idea of what Sabbath is, it's yes, we go to church and we also also host our small group, which does involve some work for us. <laughs> but what that means to create the rest of the Sabbath day is that we're not planning extra errands or we're not saving all the housework till the last minute before the people come over. We're not doing the grocery shopping and all, all the things that you do on a catch-up day. We're not using that as a catch-up day. We're using it as a day where we worship and rest. Yeah. And let's, uh, let's also point out, I know about you, you like to host people. You, you like to cook for people. So for you, that's not hard and a bunch of extra work. Yeah. Well, that's, that's one of those things where, yes, it is work. And if I had to pick between that and let's say dusting, I would much rather (laughs) cook for people, (laughs) but, but it's not, we have 30 people in our house every Sunday. So it's not like, uh, it's, it's scot free, but it's, it's a joyful act of service on that. And isn't that what Jesus did on the Sabbath? I mean, he healed people. He wasn't dusting. Yeah. You know, it's not dusting. (laughs) And and actually (laughs) I think we get, testing's not holy. Did you hear that? Um, uh, you know, and we have this misnomer that you shouldn't do any work at all on a Sunday and you really should just sit on the couch and watch football and scroll on your phone. And that's also not what rest is. That's not that, that has serves no eternal purpose. And it's also not sleeping. Although, um, Sundays are a great day to take naps. I think that would be a wonderful practice. To, I've tried it before and it's, it's a discipline. It really is. But your restful day, your, your, your hosting of your friends um, does serve an eternal purpose. So it's not terribly hard for you. It's an internal investment and um, you feel filled up when you've done it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's not a catch up day. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So we, well, Justin and I are going to come back around and talk about this a little bit more about how we apply this in our families. And, uh, but for us, Sabbath is kind of new to us, even though both my husband and I grew up in the church and we always have known about the Sabbath day to actually mm-hmm. set that time aside and not mow the lawn and not do the grocery shopping and not do all those things that we do on a catch-up day that's a new practice for us. Yeah. We've always gone to church, but we haven't always rested. So yeah. I'm, I am still in the process of figuring out what that looks like for a family with three young children. Yeah, yeah. me too. You know, and I am a lot of our pastor friends, they would Sabbath on a Monday. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, they would make sure that Mondays were set aside and that's really easy. That's an easy day to not be interrupted by a bunch of things. Saturday is much harder. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you have kids in school and that's your family's practice, they don't get to Sabbath if they're going to school on a Monday. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
even though they're not doing as much work as you, they're not watching you. And I think that's so important. Your kids are watching you guys make these decisions. And, and, you know, to be honest, if we've got too much work to do in six days, then we're doing too much work. Yeah. So, um, or we're not, or, or we're not being efficient. Or, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Or too much play, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just do a real quick survey of what are the, like point us to some of the scriptures that would inform how we think about Sabbath, not just as a, you know, old Testament Jewish law, but also as new covenant people. Like how, how yeah. do we conceptualize this? Yeah. I came across Hebrews, Hebrews four, well, the end of Hebrews three and Hebrews four. And I came across it in the the passion translation, but my new living test translation isn't, isn't as it's not that far off either. Mm-hmm. And both of them talk about how, um, at the end of chapter three, the Israelites didn't get to enter the promised land, which was God's promised rest. Mm-hmm. And it was because they were disobedient and they didn't trust him. They didn't have that faith that afforded them that rest. And then chapter four goes on to talk about how um, God's promise of rest still stands. So whether it was for the Israelites entering the promised land or the metaphor for us where heaven is the promised land, the ultimate promise, Mm -hmm. rest is what's afforded to us. But if they didn't get to enter because of their disobedience and rebellion, that's what led to unrest. So we could really draw that conclusion for ourselves that disobedience and rebellion leads to unrest and ultimately death, death outside of rest. And so when you and I are looking for a prescription for rest, like we feel it, right? You and I have talked about this. Mm -hmm. I I think in general, it's not just the church that feels it, but our culture feels it. Um, We need some rest. We need to have the steam, you know, be let out. And a, a lot of us are seeking rest in a very, very real and desperate way. And so when I'm looking for, how do I do that? Mm-hmm. I know I need rest. I have the self-awareness. I know that God has commanded it. I know that he's called me into Sabbath with him, but I just don't know how to get there. So we can take a step back and it's not something that we ought to um, create for ourselves or you know create come up with a plan for how to get rest, stop doing this and add this and Uh, You know, it's not an addition or subtraction problem. Really what it is, is obeying God and trusting God. But how can we obey if we're not listening? Mm -hmm. And how can we listen if we're not resting? How can we listen if we're not resting? Yeah. (laughs) So it's a discipline and it really does start with, you know, I'm a big fan of fake it till you make it. I am a big (laughs) fan. And really what that is, is posturing my my body and my mind in a space where my soul can then come follow. Mm -hmm. So practically what that means is I am going to get my body up out of bed and go find that quiet place. Right now it's in my bathroom because I can Mm -hmm. close that door and no one's going to bother me. And I can open up my Bible and I can put my mind in the right place. 
then what I'm hoping and praying is that the Holy Spirit shows up and he creates that space of I've created this space and he's going to fill it with rest. Mm -hmm. So then what I can do is in that I can build on it. Mm -hmm. So then when I'm there, I can say, okay, speak to me. I'm trying my hardest to listen to you. And then he'll talk. And then I can have the choice of whether or not to obey. And my obedience will then put me in this place of rest. It's a natural consequence. It's not some like, you know, uh, works-based blessing necessarily. Um, but I believe that it's really a natural consequence. If I just let my good dad do the dad, do the fathering, do the, do the work, then I get to be the kid mm-hmm. that rests. I don't have to carry all of his problems. I think that that is really where we need to start is slowing down enough to listen a little bit. And then having the faith and trust to obey when he says something. Mm-hmm. And then the obedience brings the rest. And then the rest gives more space to be able to listen. Mm-hmm. And we just keep saying yes. And then we'll find that in the end, that natural outpouring, that natural consequence is the rest that follows. So that that is what I got from chapter four of Hebrews. And that has been rolling around in my head for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I was just looking at it right now. It says uh, in verse 11, this is Hebrews 4, 11. It says, and this is new living translation. It says, so let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God, as the people of Israel did, we will fall. So it's kind of wrapping up what Lindsay was just saying that uh, we, we try, we do our best to enter the rest that that God is providing for us. And so what might that look like in your life? Um, If you've listened to the Soul Grit podcast for even one episode, you know my guests and I believe that when we integrate the power of God with the wisdom of modern psychology, we get supercharged healing, change, and growth in counseling. As a Christian therapist, however, I realize that there are many practitioners out there who are personally Christians but don't know how to integrate their faith into their counseling practices. That's why I created the e-course, Faith Integration for Therapists. In this premium five-module course, therapists who love Jesus will learn everything from understanding their calling to marketing their practices to Christians to adapting evidence-based interventions to honor our faith. You can learn more about the online course at www.soulgritresources.com slash courses and send an email to info at soulgritresources.com to receive a discount code. One of the things that I thought was a really interesting concept, I heard it a year or two ago on a different podcast, is that if your work is physical, then your rest needs to be mental. And Mm. if you're work is mental, then your rest needs to be physical. So Mm. like flesh that out a little bit. If your job is uh, digging ditches or building homes or um, chasing children around, then your rest needs to be mental and that you need to create more space for your mind and your heart and your soul to just absorb new stuff ponder over old stuff, reflect and be with God. Whereas if you're in a job where you're behind a computer screen all day, where you're thinking through really difficult problems, or like me sitting in a chair, listening to other people's problems, (laughs) then my rest needs to be 
physical, which means I need to get outside and go for a walk, or I need to move my body and, um, do some kickboxing or lift some weights or, um, get into like recreational play with my body. And Mm -hmm. so depending on how active your job is, uh, or your, your daily life, and I'm saying job, including like what you do, you might be a retired person, or you might be a stay at home mom or whatever that is like balance out what you do in your work time with something that complements it in your rest time. So I, for me, that has really been getting to use my body more. And so now I, I didn't even see this before, but now when I see a stressed out person, I say like, you want to do some punches or <laughs> like, you want to you lift something real heavy with me? <laughs> you know, That's right. Cause I didn't, I didn't know that before. Yeah. And now that I've experienced it, I know that like God designed our bodies to be in that balance of work and rest. I love that. And I, you know, what I love about that is that there's freedom in the body of Christ to be and do our worship differently but it's set aside. It's different. It's sanctified. It's different from every other day. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned to me that when we read Genesis and it said, God did all this work in six days. And then on the seventh day, he rested, like his work is complete. I get to rest now. And you and I never feel like our work mm-hmm. is complete. Like mm-hmm. there's always something else we could have done or mm-hmm. cleaned or shopped for or messaged about, or, you know, there's always something else. And <laughs> So, but the point is that God didn't just stop for all time after six days. He obviously yeah, was yeah. going to work. He never left his people without him. So he got about different work, but he did it from a posture of rest. And yeah. this is also something that I have learned probably through Revelation Wellness. Like certain catchphrases get stuck in our heads as we're doing the workouts, but um the idea like resting is not quitting that quitting and resting are two different things. And so you, you work until you need to rest and then you rest until you can work again. That's exactly (laughs) right. Isn't that so freeing? Yeah. So we always do our work from a a position of rest. And uh, I mean, if you've ever done a workout with us, you'll know that it starts from that position, but we always end up in a position of rest as well, because once we've worked out our bodies, then our minds are open to hear from God. Absolutely. It's very, it's impactful to do it both in your, your intellectual life, your work or professional life. And then also in your, your physical, the manifestation of your self in the world is your body. Yeah. (laughs) Do that in those places. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, and, and I do keep thinking about the idea of the fact that our work is never finished. And because I can read that, you know, on the sixth day, God looked at his work and said it was good. And he rested because his work was finished. And uh, actually chapter two, verse two of Genesis says, um, on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested. So it was actually holy because he rested. It wasn't holy in and of itself, and then he kept working right through it. It was only holy because he rested. Mm-hmm. And he declared that for us as well. But 
because of the fall, part of the curse that Adam felt was that he had to constantly toil Mm -hmm. and he had to constantly work. And by the sweat of your brow, you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. All your life, you'll struggle to scratch a living from the ground. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that is actually the effects of sin that we feel. And whenever we can, um, stand our ground against the effects of sin, it will always be there. But whenever we can declare our righteousness in God, then what we get to do is we can say, I'm not going to let sin have its say over me. I'm going to choose to stop and rest from my work. Even though I know there's going to still be more to do tomorrow morning, I'm going to choose to trust God that he will take care of that and that there will be enough time. And then I get to, again, posture my body in a way that I want my soul to come along. And it's waging war against the unseen realms. And it's saying, I know who I am. It's saying that I've been set free from the effects of sin because of Jesus Christ, not because of my works. I'm never going to rest if I keep trying to work through it, if I keep working through it, Mm -hmm. checking the boxes. So um, we got to, we got, and in, in Hebrews, it says we have to be really careful to make sure that we get after that rest mm-hmm. so that we don't miss it. So, um, yeah, we, we have to be pretty intentional about this because it's not, it's not going to happen on its own. We don't live in a culture anymore where stores are closed on Sundays, you know, baseball games and football games and they, all their schedules. It's always, it's just an extra Saturday now. Yeah, exactly. And I do think it's important to point out that depending on how you're interpreting Jesus's work and new covenant, some people think that any of the laws that were stated in the Old Testament Mm. don't count anymore because Mm. Jesus died and he set us free from all of that. And so I do want to point out that Jesus still kept the Sabbath and I think the difference between the way that Jesus kept the Sabbath and the way the Pharisees kept the Sabbath was he still had his heart set for people on the Sabbath. And so he wasn't going to be rigid with the the rules that the, the people had set up over the years about what you could and couldn't do because his heart was people have abundant life. That's what the Sabbath is about. The other thing to notice is that God set the pattern for the Sabbath long before the law of Moses was ever given. Mm -hmm. So even though we see in the 10 commandments, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. We actually had the template for that from the creation of the world. And so it, it doesn't pass away in, in the work that Jesus did because it was already there before the law was given. However, we have no condemnation. So if we've been messing up Sabbath for 40 years, God's just Praise inviting God. you, inviting oh, you to do it better. That's right. That's right. And not do it better for the sake of um checking a box or looking good, but for the sake of being able to be with him and receive what he has that's best for you. Because that's yeah. what he wants for you. And there's and there's rest in that. You know, I, I just think he's saying, yeah, would you like, do you want to hang out? No. Okay. I'll ask you again next week. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just feel like that's his heart. And 
And when we say yes, we can walk away going, man, that was really good. Why don't we do that all the time? Mm -hmm. I just think his heart for us is so kind and gentle. And he, all throughout the gospels, Jesus had compassion and was constantly drawn towards the hurting and the broken and the unrested people. And he didn't have condemnation for them, but he was also very serious about getting after his own rest. Mm -hmm. He healed on the Sabbath, but he had some pretty darn good boundaries too. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I think it's really hard in today's day and age to create those boundaries because we want to play. We, we don't want to miss out. We want to enjoy. And we also kind of buy the lie that, um, there's these, there's this false rest. There are things that look like rest that actually end up just stealing our rest. Mm -hmm. Things like, you know, mindless scrolling and, you know, vegging out on Netflix and um, reading a book that's not going to give you any life. Um, So we, we do need to get intentional and, um, but we do it for love and we do it looking for the relationship and we do it because we know that even though it is countercultural and it's a discipline, it, it, when it when that discipline comes from a place of delight, there's absolute rest on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. So, Lindsay, in our last couple minutes here, why don't you recommend some resources for us? Where have you been learning about this? The Bible, number one. <laughs> okay, you get. I know points. <laughs> I know. No, I know. I mean, and I. <laughs> that's just going to have to be the answer. Um, there is a fantastic new podcast out that is um, a John Mark Comer project called Rule of Life. So far, I believe there's only four episodes out, but all four are on Sabbath. And it's just laid out beautifully. And and, and they talk about a lot of things about Sabbath that I have never thought of before. Mm-hmm. So this is really, and you've been listening to that too. Is that right? We, no, I, I've we, listened to his older stuff. I haven't. He talked. Yeah. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. he's talked about Sabbath a lot before. Um, another one that another book that I've actually been reading is Dane Ortland's Gentle oh, yeah. and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers. And it's really just reminding me that um, Jesus really likes me and he's <laughs> just so gentle <laughs> and he's drawn towards me. Um, but also you and I both have mentioned Revelation Wellness and you are now... Mm-hmm. Can I say this? You are now a Revelation Wellness fitness teacher, gospel preacher, yeah. and uh, officially you have the certificate. certificate. I'm certified. Yeah. You're certified. <laughs> One of your many letters after your name. Um, we just finished up a challenge, a 21 day challenge. It's always there for people to buy. Um, you can do it on your own. We just did it publicly as a group, uh, but it's a 21 day challenge really based on rest and it's called project stress relief. Mm-hmm. And um, a part of that is that when we finish a public challenge, then um, all around the world, instructors can host meetups. And so there might be a, a meetup in your area. Um, several of them have already happened, mm-hmm. uh, but you can always go to the revelationwellness.org page and you can see if there are other meetups in your area. And if not, then you just go ahead and do the 21 day challenge on your own. Mm-hmm. And you and I, we, we're going to have a meetup here pretty soon where we if just you are about, local to yeah, us in Southern California, Southern California. area. We will be hosting the meetup in Lake Elsinore on November 12th in the afternoon. And so 
you are welcome to attend that. It's in Lake Elsinore is really easily accessible anywhere from anywhere you are in Southern California. So we would invite you to come join us for that. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to do that at the Dream Center. And you can get a hold of Anne or um, Dream Center Lake Elsinore has the information. Or you can even find us on revelationwellness.org. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I even if you don't have accountability, even if you don't really feel like you have time to read a book, I just would say um, make a moment to say no to something so you can say yes to being slow and getting in the word. And um, that's where the revelation happens. That's where the Holy Spirit talks to you about your family Mm -hmm. and highlights something to you and invites, never, never tells you or, you know, impresses on. He invites us to make space for him because he just, he knows how much we need it and how enjoyable it is. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he'll show up when you invite him. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So those are my recommendations. So as people that love Jesus and care about our mental health, we're making those connections here that if we don't practice our lives in the way that God designed them to be, we are going to struggle with mental health and relationships and emotions and um, even to break down in our bodies. If we don't do it the way that God designed it, that's what's going to happen. And so we're continuing to bring you resources that are going to help you live the way that God designed you to, so that your mental health will, will be as full and abundant as it could be. So thank you for being here. Lindsay, thank you for sharing your heart about this. And I know you probably have three more hours of stuff. You could talk to us about Sabbath. Oh my goodness. Yes. About Jesus. That's her favorite thing. So (laughs) (laughs) I could. Yeah. Thanks. Love you. The Soul Grit Podcast is a production of Soul Grit Resources. You can find more at soulgritresources.com or on the socials at soulgritresources. You can email me at info at soulgritresources.com.